You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fair Game Podcast. I'm Robert Smith, your host. We got a good one for you today. Today's guest joins us from Northeast Oklahoma, where he has got, I think, one of the coolest attractions in our industry. It's a really fantastic show. It's called Kids Celebration. They get whole families involved. It's like a a live game show, a fun game show kind of deal going on. This is Bill Buchanan. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Robert. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad you could be on today. Now, I, I... I know I'm tripping over my words trying to explain exactly what it is you do. I've seen it before. I know that I was over in East Texas at one point and I was working with one of your units. It's a fantastic show. Uh, tell the folks about it. What exactly is Kids Celebration? Yeah, Kids Celebration, it's an interactive family game show. We started about 12 years ago. Uh, prior to that, we used to do, have recreation teams that would go out and do camps during the summer. Uh, our emphasis has always been trying to help kids in the, in the case of camps feel good about themselves. So I did away with all the competitive sports stuff at camps and I started doing team building activities. And uh, from that, did that for about 16 years. And it was the type of games that everybody could do. And then about oh, 12 years ago is when I decided I wanted to start a family program of some sort. And that's how Kids Celebration Family Game Show came about. And it's just an interactive game show. We can do shows with kids or we can do shows with kids and parents. We prefer to do it with the parents also. I always tell everybody that we're there to entertain the kids, but we also are there to teach the parents. Because we know, especially today and everything that's been going on this last year, People understanding the importance of family even more since we've all been limited to where we live, that parents understand the importance of laughing and playing with their kids. And we do that in a fun format. We have a lot of fun games that we can do from preschool all the way up. Uh, The unique thing about our program is that, you know, when I first started out in the business, I tried to have a a set show. So I had a certain games that I was going to do. Well, it took me, it didn't take me very long at all to realize that I had to be really flexible because there's days at fairs that we may just have preschool, toddlers, young ages there. And so I had to be able to adapt to that to have a show for them. So as a result of that, we don't ever have a a set show. We wait and see who all shows up. We already have all the games that we need to do for all the different age ranges. And so that gives us opportunity. So it probably makes it fun for me too as an entertainer because I'm always doing something different to make sure I meet the age groups that are in the audience. So love getting those grandparents up on stage with their grandkids and of course the moms and the dads also. But it's just all about reminding folks and just having a good old time with the family. Give me an example of some of the games you play, because I hear game show and I think family feud, but that's not what's going on on your show. If if I had to describe it, it's more like what Double Dare was when I was a kid. So- yes, maybe like that, uh, like Slime Time Live, but without the slime. Right. You know, what, so what are, what what are some of the, the things that they show? do? What are some of the challenges they do in, in the games? Yeah, like one of the games, uh, I have two parents, a, a on each side, I always divide the audiences up into red and blue team. 
And so I'll have two parents come up and they'll wear Velcro suits. And then I have a bucket of balls, wiffle balls with Velcro stuck on those. And when I say go, then each child comes up or teenager comes up one at a time. They throw a Velcro ball. They try to get it stuck on the adult suit. And they go back and get lined and they come back up. They do it again. And, and we keep going to see who can get the most Velcro balls stuck on their front, on their back, on their side. And so that's kind of what makes us unique, too, because we're not a spectator sport. I'm not just going to have a few people participate and everybody else watch. I'm going to get everybody, all the kids that are there, they're all going to get up, usually more than one game, usually two or three games. Another game for the little ones would be, I have stick horses. This would be for like toddlers, for four or five, six-year-olds. Okay. I have stick horses on each side and I have rings. And then I have these little bobbly wobbly worms that when I push the button, they rotate all around out there. And so the kids will, one at a time, they'll ride their stick horse out and try to put the ring on the little bobbly wobbly worm. And, you know, it's just fun interaction. The, the whole goal is, we don't eliminate anybody based on physical skill or ability. We want to include everybody. And of course, who doesn't, especially grandparents like to see their little grandchild out there with a stick horse running out there. And of course the whole audience is cheering for them. So that would be an example of that one. Um, you know, another one that we have that we do this with teenagers a lot, we'll have an adult wear a Viking helmet. They'll have a noodle and then the teenagers line up uh, in single file line and they'll, we'll give them a ring and they try to toss, they try to toss that ring up there and the adult tries to catch it on the end of a noodle. Uh, we have that one. Yeah. And you know, another one that we always start off every show, if it's warm weather, we have a four way water balloon blaster. And so we'll either have friends go against each other, family go against each other. And so, for example, my pump would control the water balloon over your head. Your pump would control the water balloon over my head. And then we have two other people doing the same thing. And everybody really enjoys that. It's a lot of fun. And again, it's a good way to start the show off for everybody to see. And for those that want to get wet, we'll have an opportunity to get wet just on that game. Uh, so that would be another one that we do. And as I recall, having been across from you or, or shared aisles with you at conventions a number of times, You've also got something that just shoots toilet paper all over the place, if I recall correctly, because if I'm not mistaken, my own son, with the help of you, may have blasted me from across the oil with the aisle with toilet paper at one point. Yeah, we have those. They're, they're our toilet paper blasters, and we do bring those out sometimes, uh, depending on the weather conditions. If we're indoor, doing fairs that's really conducive to that uh but we have these blowers that will shoot toilet paper all over the audience and then they have to stay in that position and when i say go the kids have to collect all the toilet paper all of it on their side and they they grab it they run up and they put it back in the container just a fun game you know it's, again it's another thing that engages everybody really simple but uh, it does make for great pictures yes especially when you're getting shot with it from across the aisle at IFE. I think that was the <laughs> yeah. last year we were, might've been the last year we were in Las Vegas. So I'm, I, I think I might've been talking to one of the fair managers and right as they walked away, I turned around and all of a sudden I'm just getting doused with toilet paper. And there's my Nate who's probably, I don't know, he's probably six years old at the time. He is giggling his butt off. And I just thought, man, 
if it if it cashes in that well, just standing right here in the aisles, imagine what it does actually out at a fair when you've got, you know, 150 people watching and, and there's a handful of families participating. Yeah, Nate, you know, he, he's a great one. He's already committed, in case you didn't know, he's already committed to come and work for Kids Celebration. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, whoa, 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 whoa. When did this happen? Well, this happened during the pandemic. We really, we had a talk and he wanted to evaluate. He, he decided that he wasn't so sure he wanted to be conjurer. He just really felt like that he could probably do magic, but he could do it in my game show. Yeah. I bet he so could then we do have magic, magic better than and I could. we have a game show. <laughs> so now talk about this. You're up on, I think when I, I was at the Texas Forest Festival, I think was when I last worked with you guys. So that was a number of years ago. And they had a stage set up, you know, um, I don't know, uh, 16 deep by 32 or something wide. Um, it, it, are you always on a stage? Are you on floor? Do you bring your own stage? How does all that work? Yeah, well, it really just depends on the fair. Uh, we do have our own stage. Also, it's about a foot off the ground. So depending on what the state, what the fair has, if they don't have any stage at all, then we usually like to have a small stage set up so we can get certain games, we can elevate them. There's been times we've also, we have our whole stage backdrop that we've even done it on concrete. It really just depends on what fits the setting once we get to the fair. But uh, we do have that. You know, our, our depth anymore, we try to go at least 12, like you said, 12 to 16 feet deep. And our whole stage set up is about, Oh, it's anywhere from 30 to 40 feet wide, depending on the props that we bring. If I bring the pirate ships, I've got two pirate ships and inside the pirate ships are these cannonball cannonball blasters and they shoot out foam balls out. The kids come up, they shoot out the foam ball. There's a parent standing back in the back part of the audience and they've got their pirate outfit on. They've got their fishnet. They're trying to catch these nine inch foam balls in the air. And then the kids run out. If they catch it, it goes into one container. If they miss it, the kids go back and they shoot it again. So it really depends on, you know, all the props, um, what we do. There's some fairs, they don't have a lot of room. And so that we just take the things, the games that would work in that particular setting. So we're really flexible as far as making it work. Uh, That's good you know, for that fairs, fair though. Setting. I mean, for, for a fair manager to know, uh, I think sometimes, and I've experienced this with, with our attractions, I think sometimes fair managers say no for the other guy. They think, well, we just don't have a lot of space and that looks right. like it takes up a lot of space. So I'm not going to bother stopping and, and talking with them because it's not going to work anyway. When really what they should do is say, hey, you, you got a really interesting thing and then just be straight with you and say, I don't know if we can have you, but this is what our space looks like. Do you think you could do something for us? Right, yeah. And, you know, because we've been at fairs where they wanted a large, a large presentation. And they wanted that they wanted us to be able to take up the space. So in that situation, we could bring everything. I have a fair book this summer that I'm flying to in California because it's the only way I can make the date because I'm doing another fair in Iowa. And I'm taking the stand-up banners that I have. And they're really nice stand-up banners. Yeah. But and so that floor print will be a lot smaller. The games are all going to be the same. It's just a different floor print for us to be able to make it possible. And they really wanted us to be able to come out and do it. So, yeah, that is nice because we, we can do lots of different things. So it is good.
for all the fairs to know as they talk to all of us entertainers to be sure and, and ask about that because yeah. I'm sure most people in the industry we're pretty adaptable when it comes to taking our props and what we can do. Well, we have to be because we also know that the number of times we, we you know we get told this is the space you're going to have. And then you get there yeah. and, and we get lost in the mix and maybe they brought in a concessionaire that they put next, right next to your stage. And, and so instead of having, you know, a hole with your audience and everything 60 by 40, you might be in a 20 by 40 now and you, you've got to adapt. You have to be flexible with that. We do the same thing with, with the play with giants, with the games, you know, ideally if a fair says we've got 30 by 50 and, and it's unobstructed. 30 by 50 is great, but a lot of times fairs don't think, well, there's two entry doors there and then there's two bathrooms over at doors on the other side where I'm like, well, I can't block that. You can't block right. those, you know, so then your floor plan changes. And so flexibility is always the name of the game. I'm curious though, if you're up on a stage and, and you want to make sure you're inclusive of everybody, um, are you able to accommodate someone who's say in a, in a wheelchair or a scooter and maybe do one of the games down off of the stage? Yeah, you know what? That's always the biggest blessing for me is if I have folks that are either on a wheelchair or a scooter, if they're in a wheelchair and I have men in the audience, depending on what game it is, I've lifted them. I've had we, the four of us have lifted them up and put them on stage. If it's somebody that's in a scooter and we're not able to lift that up, then I certainly would go down on the ground. We would do something for them. But yep. that for me, really, that's always the highlight because I know those kids sometimes would never get picked to get up on stage. Right. And Cause they feel I, like, well, mom or dad, is, or maybe grandma's in a wheelchair. So they're not going to pick me. Right. And that boy, I tell you what, that's always a, a priority for me. And I want to talk a little bit about that. You're, we're talking about flexibility and location and size and place. You know, one of the things that I, it may pertain to you also with play with the giants. I know as fairs are thinking about where they're going to put us. Obviously, our target group is kindergarten through sixth grade. Now, we can certainly do, if I have an audience full of teenagers, I've got games to equip them, I mean, to, for them to play. But for the large part, it's mostly families, kindergarten through sixth grade. It's always good for them to put us close to where the kiddie rides are or, you know, just wherever that section is. Sometimes I've been at fairs and I was a long ways away from where all the families are going. And, of course, that results in a lot lower attendance sure. versus as they think about where they're going to put us, put us in there in the, in the kiddie area, wherever that is, or for kids' celebration. Sure. Put me in there so those parents are going to see it. Because when they see and hear what we're doing, they're going to want to come and, and watch one of the shows. Right. Well, and even if they don't put you in directly in the kiddie area, it's you got to, th you know, they, I'm sure they think yeah. about, they take into consideration foot traffic. You know, where right. are entrances and, and can they put you along an aisle somewhere that they know it's heavily trafficked by families? In right. which case, the, you'll, you'll that. get that peel off because people will see you and go, oh, here it is. And you got to make it convenient, man. This is uh, the the longer I'm in this industry, the more it just holds true. The things that I learned when I worked for Disney back in 2000, you got to keep things simple. If you make it too, if, if it's too difficult, there's too much friction for someone to enjoy an attraction, they're not going to go do it. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's a, that's a really important part of that. Yeah. You know, I think back, I remember as, as we're talking, when I, I learned as far as having a variety of different games and, and the good thing too, about my show, we don't ever do the exact same show. We'll always do some different games each show we do, but 
for me, the one of the first fairs I did was the Kentucky State Fair, and Mark Sparks had booked me for that fair, and Mark was standing back in the back, and he was watching, and I had all of these little, these small kids, and that's where it really all began whenever I had all these small kids, and I totally tweaked the program to be able to do it for all the younger kids, and I remember vividly watching Mark back in the back, big smile on his face, and then just kind of nodding his head, because, and for me, it was a confirmation because he told me that if he knew that I could do games for all ages and I could adapt and be flexible, then I was going to make it in the fair industry. Yeah. But I forgot to mention that earlier, but it's one of those things that was like the turning point for me to realize, okay, well, there's no such thing as structure when it comes to a set show for kids celebration. Yep. We've got to be really fluid. And I appreciate him giving me that input. Well, and for a show like that, it makes complete sense because, you know, you put yourself in a position where, you know, you don't, you say there's no such thing as structure, you know, you've got an idea of what you want to do at that four o'clock show. You've got an idea right. that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. But you also have everything else ready. You've kind of got your B show ready. And when you see, oh my God, these are all like four and under kids. These are really <laughs> young kids. You know, yeah. 80% of my yeah. kids out here, I don't have the eight, seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds. I've got four, right. five, four, three year olds out there. You're able to adapt on the spot, on the fly and make an adjustment. And still, you don't make it totally for those little ones because you still want to make right. sure everybody gets a chance to participate, but you can adjust and make it more, more catered to the audience that's sitting in front of you, which I think is terrific. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's good. And also for the fairs to let all of us entertainers know what the theme is for that fair season. Because, you know, it's it's really easy for me to take some games and tie it exactly in. But I've also – you've done it before. I've seen other entertainers. But it's important for them to remember if they let us know what the theme is, then, boy, it's really nice when we can bring all of that together. And for me also, I always like to know what day – is it senior adult day? Is it Armed Forces Day? Uh, you know, what day is it? Because I'll make an emphasis on that day also. But sometimes I think fairs might forget that a lot of us entertainers, we can, boy, we can tailor that, their whole program for them each day and overall the theme too, which is good for them to know. Absolutely. Uh, being able to, to adjust, um, you know, I've done things with Conjure before where, I change fortunes. I, you know, would change things I yeah. say based on what yeah. the theme is. And, um, there's every now and then I've, I created a custom fortune card because I've had the fair reach out ahead of time and say, Hey, you know, on this, yeah. on this one particular day, you know, and it doesn't matter whether it's a senior's day or maybe there's a, um, something that's special and unique to that area in the fair that we're at, um, right. I'll create a, a custom fortune card or I'll say something unique, um, from time to time. I mean, I've even themed before where, um, there was once where it was, uh, I think it was breast cancer awareness. And so Conjure, we went pink on Conjure shirt underneath everything. So we have the goal, everything's still the same, but now the, there's just all those little touches that fit the act in with what's going yeah. on at the fair and really bring everything together that we're all capable of doing. You know, we, right. it takes a little right. bit, of, a little bit of pre-planning. I mean, and no fair is out there saying we need you to spend an extra thousand dollars to, to do retrofit right. your act to look like this. Um, yeah. But those, you know, little touches like that 
super easy. Um, and then the fair feels, you know, everything feels really connected with the fair. How many, um, yeah. how many units do you have running? I know you had a couple at one point. Are you up to three now or, or how's that working? Well, I was up to three and then with COVID hitting, I've back gone back down to two for now until. Are you, are you telling rebuilt. me you've had fairs cancel on you, Bill? Is that what you're saying? You know, just like everybody else has done these podcasts for you, I did not do a single fair in 2020. So my, my first fair is coming up in April, the Montgomery County Fair in Conroe, Texas, and that's coming up in April. So that will actually be the first time I have gotten paid in a year and a half, probably mm. like everybody else. Yep. Yep. I mean, we talked to some people who, some other acts who've, um, some of them were able to adjust because they had CDLs and whatnot. So they'd put their trucks to work driving for, you know, freight companies and whatnot to, you know, and have started other businesses doing that. I think that's great if they're in the position to do that. Um, you know, in our case, in a lot of other well, cases, there was maybe a little bit of the PPP money that was available. And when I say a little bit, it didn't even replace one fair worth of income, but something was right. better than nothing. There's, well, you know, what do you do? I, it's, you got to, you got to just keep plugging forward. Do you remember? Um, it seems so long ago, but by the time this airs, we're one year into, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. Yeah. Do you remember what yeah. you were thinking when, cause I remember what I thought when you heard the news that Houston had canceled eight days into their show. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember I was driving down the highway and there, it was one week before I was supposed to go to the Montgomery County fair in Conroe. When I got the, when, and I already, I was already starting to worry. And that's when I got the call, but I was driving between Alabama and Oklahoma. And I sure enough, I got the dreaded call that they were going to have to cancel due to COVID. Um, so yes. And then from that point on, it was just an avalanche every day. There were, were fairs canceling because of everything that was going on, but you know what, what really helped me through all of that, when I say I, I never got paid, I didn't get paid from the fair market, but I've always taught, I've, I've taught in higher education for now 30 years. And Did you I've like taught online, in, like online college courses or what? Well, I, over the, over the years, I taught at a university. And then this past year during COVID, I've just been teaching online courses. And so I actually teach for a university in Alabama, but I teach from my home. And, um, uh, so that I'm going to need after the show or at some point well, I need to get in, get you in touch with Sarah. Cause she's been trying to, you know, she's got her master's. She's been trying to figure out how yeah. to crack that market. I, I'm sure it's not super lucrative, but a little yeah. bit, uh, you know, well, could be helpful. And I, I know like with everybody, if I hadn't have had that job, then I would have went out and found, found another eight to five job or whatever I could have done. I, the Holly and idea would have been a good idea with my truck and my trailer also, but now I was able to make it. I've taken money out of my retirement this past year yep. to compensate not having income from kids celebration. And okay. so, but you know, I'm, I'm fortunate really compared to a lot of folks, um, you know, as far as having my monthly paycheck coming in from the university. So, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm keeping that. I'm going to keep teaching at least for another year to give all this time to get back to, I hope, a new, better normal than what, what we had in the past, too. But yeah, that's still part of what I have to do just for my security. And I'm sure a lot of the other entertainers are probably having to deal with that also to make sure, 
till we see what happens with all this, that we still have income coming in so we can all make it. Yes. It's been, you know, it's just been a cluster of a year. It felt like every time I turned around last year, uh, I was getting, when the phone would ring and I would see it was the entertainment director. I was like, I'm not answering this. I'm not going to take the call as if, as if magically, if I refuse to take the call, the fair would be like, all right, let's open. You know? Yeah. Well, was, the good thing is we, we've already, you know, artists and attracts artists and attracts represents me now. And, and the good thing is we've already gotten all of our rebookings from 20. We've yeah. already got those. And actually we've got a, a few more uh, bookings than what we didn't have last year. But so 21 is looking good. You know, I, I don't know about where you're at with the shot, but I'm going on Friday to get my first shot. And then I'll, it's Moderna. And so they told me to go back in four weeks and I'll get the next one. Because I really, as an entertainer, I wanted to have it before I went to my first fair. One, yeah. to be able to tell the fair that I had been vaccinated, but also for my protection uh, also. So I'm excited to just go get the shot, at least the first one on Friday. So, yeah. Well, and we, I hope long-term that thing works. You know, my one concern about that is they've moved so fast on it and mRNA vaccines are such a new technology. You know, this is all going to be for not if, you know, in five yeah. or six years, we've got 80 million people who have kidney failure or, you know, lymphoma or things like that. I, I want to think that won't be the case. Yeah. Um, but the alternative is well, we just sit here in lockdown for another, you know, five or 10 years. And that's, that ain't going to work either. Right. And one of the things, too, that's good for us to talk about is what am I going to do different when I go to the fairs right now, especially with the pandemic still going on? So what I'm doing to change it, I'm not I, the kids, whatever equipment I have, the kids will only touch it once and then I'll wipe it down between shows. But, for example, on the Velcro balls, when they're throwing those at the person wearing the Velcro suit, I used to grab the balls and I'd throw extra ones back into the bucket. Well, now I'm not going to do that. Now they only touch it once and then they go back and get in line and it's another ball that they touch later. And same thing with rings. If they're doing one of the ring toss games, that child will only have that one ring. And once if the adult catches it or if they put it on the, the little wobbly worm thing, they're only going to touch it one time and then they'll go back and have a seat unless there's another one there that nobody has used yet. Sure. So I've, I've done a couple of shows at churches already, and that's what I did with them. I don't, I don't pass things in the audience, at least not now. I, there's some great games that I love doing, but yeah. I'm not going to do them this fair season and wait until everything calms down, and then we'll evaluate and come back and see if we can do more of those games that does include the whole audience. But, um, and I'm sure everybody else, all the other entertainers are tweaking Yep. based on how they do things so we can all make it work. No, we have Still to. Have I mean, great time. Conjure's being, um, Conjure's getting plexiglass put in, which yeah, not definitely is, yeah. I don't like it. Um, it will keep me from getting poked. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I just, it feels like there's a division between me and the audience. I don't know. Maybe it'll make it more realistic. You know, that's the thing that I've been open to is that when this first started, um, you know, back in 2011, when, when the team at triangle and, and with Mark Sparks down at the Florida right. convention said, Hey, you know, you should make a Zoltar machine. And I was like, y'all are out of your minds. 
and I did it. It's I've just let it grow organically the whole time. Initially, I did only magic and then gave him a fortune card. And then they wanted some palm reading. And so I did some palm reading and I did some magic tricks and I gave him a fortune card. And then it became what Conjure is today. And it has always been successful as it's, right. it's developed organically. It's been in response to what the audience wants. So, you know, I don't, it's going to be hotter to, you know, to do what, do it this way. It's not the most pleasant thing, but right. I'm open to the fact that that might actually improve the act. It might give me some right. opportunity that I didn't have previously. And moreover, I feel like if that's what I got to do to stay in the industry and keep things moving, then that's what I got to do. Right. Well, I remember just FYI, we were at dinner together in Florida when all Mark Smart, all of us were there when you shared the idea. Steve was there. Uh, there were several people that were there when you first. I remember we went to a sushi out. place. We were we we yep. all powwowed it. It was yeah. it was actually it was Richard Renner's idea from the Richard, very get. Richard. Yeah. Richard from the get. He because my whole thing was yep. I I really admired Steve Hamilton. Steve the pretty good. Um, right. and his, his flying carpet that he did magic on. I'm like, that's really clever because as someone who is really good at strolling magic and, and little close-up things, I hate, 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 hate walking up to random people on the fairgrounds and being like, hi, I'm the magician. Want to see a trick? Like that's stupid. It right. People don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Um, but if you're a character who happens right. to do magic as Steve's character was right then it's cool. Then it's like, yo, there's this dude on this flying carpet. Whoa. He comes up to us and this is the spectacle I'm looking at. So then when he says to the little kid, Hey, check this out, you might, you know, and he does a little magic trick. He's not a magician. He's a character who happens to right. do magic. And right. so that's what I wanted. I was like, obviously I'm not going to do the flying carpet bit. That's his. And, uh, and I'm not going to touch it, but I want a unique way to be able to do magic. And we were, God, dozens of ideas were getting tossed around in that tr that trade show booth that afternoon and then richard renner goes you remember the uh the tom hanks film big i'm all yeah and he goes you remember zoltar's yeah of course the the fortune machine he goes you should do that you should build one so what do you yeah, build yeah. what do you mean yeah. like what and he goes you should build it and you should get in it and you should be the guy yeah and i'm like yeah i remember what remember what that is that even what does that even mean and he's all in he eventually brings Mark over. He calls Sparks over and uh, tells Sparky, hey, uh, this is the idea. And Mark goes, I love it. You need to do that. And I'm like, but Mark, I, I don't understand. Right. right now, I've got a, you know, if I do a, a magic show on a stage, I can get, you know, 150, 200 people in an audience. Everybody's having a good time. Why would you put me in a box where only one person approaches me or a couple of people approach me at a time? And Mark right. said, because it's not about your stupid magic. It's about the stupid box. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and they eventually, I mean, went to dinner that night and somewhere during dinner, I think is when they finally said, look, here's the deal. And this was May. I think they were going to give me either till the following year at Florida convention or till until IFE. It might've been like that six or seven months till IFE. And the deal was Mark said, you can be in triangles booth at IFE. If you do the box, if you do the fortune machine, um, and if you don't do it, one of us is going to develop it and we're going to make all the money on it. Yeah. And I'm looking at, and keep in mind, this was 2011, 2009 was my first IAFE. So this was very new. And I was very new to the industry and I went, well, you know, Richard's been in the game for, you know, I don't know, 20 some odd years. Mark's been in the game for 20. So there's a lot of experience with these two guys. I think this is one of those moments where I need to shut up and listen. 
Mm-hmm. So I did, I built it and it developed yep. and it became something amazing. And now I'm kind of hopeful that maybe COVID that's maybe my silver lining here is that COVID forces it to, to change and to develop into something else. Right. You know, not necessarily right. well, changing the act, but maybe changing how we present the act and make it, maybe making it more flexible. So, you know, instead of only being in one place, I don't know, maybe I can roll it around to different spots or maybe it's, I don't know, lots of different ideas that we're, we've got on paper right now. And now right. that we're hopefully by, uh, by April, I, I'm heading down to Florida. I'm going to go help Kyle. He's got a couple of, of shows down there and his guy that usually helps him had to, had to bow out for a little bit. And so I'm going to go down and help him for a few weeks in Florida. And I'm hoping when I come home, it'll be warm enough that when I open the workshop, AKA the garage, <laughs> it's not 25 degrees in the garage and I can get some work done out there and we'll, right. we'll make some improvements. But you guys, well, anyhow, back to kids celebration. This isn't about me. This yeah. is, this is you, you made, mm-hmm. you made some adjustments and that you can be safe. Do you have like hand sanitizer and things like that? So as they leave the stage, they can make sure they they're clean, they're washing hands. Yeah, I do. But I was also going to have gloves. There are certain things I was just going to have the kids keep their either non-latex gloves and okay. wear them. So I was going to have those. I have hand sanitizer. And I even with me, I keep extra masks. So if somebody yeah. wanted one, then I would have that available. Sure. And I'm probably I'm planning on wearing a shield. Uh, boy, I've really found that if people can read, see our lips move, it sure is a lot easier for them to understand what we're saying versus wearing a mask. Well, especially when you talk to folks that are, um, that are hard of hearing and then our master lip readers, these masks have got to be dreadful for them. They can't make, they can't understand anything. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, I mean, now that we know it's getting contained, we know what we all need to do to protect ourselves. Yep. then to me, they're really, as long as we follow those, the fair, which they're all the fairs are going to provide the hand sanitizer stuff. Also, you know, I, I think we're in good shape. And of course, most of the shows that we do anyway, we can space out or a lot of us are outside. And so that's going to help in, with the yeah. wind and everything, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't have any reservations. I don't have any hesitations yeah, at all about getting back out and doing it and just being wise and follow the, the safety guidelines that the, you know, our health departments use. We'll just follow that. Yep. Yep. We managed to get one event in last September, um, over in Abilene and it was funny by the summer when all the cancellations, OC had canceled and, you know, New Mexico had canceled and all these things were coming, falling down. I told Sarah, I said, she goes, do you think you're even going to work this year? That I've got one shot. And she goes, what is it, Jacksonville? And I said, no, not even Jacksonville. She goes, which one, Texas? I said, you bet. <laughs> I said, because yeah. that, West, that West Texas spirit of we're going to do what the hell we want to do and we're going to figure out a way to do it safely. That's exactly what Rochelle and that team over there did. Um, they, were the, they were the last one standing on my, on my, uh, my tour last year. So I'm grateful yeah. that they did that. Um, and I was able to do you know, a little something. Um, but well, I appreciate I, yeah, I appreciate IAPI. They're always keeping us up, updated. You're keeping us updated on what fairs are doing, and I'm yeah. watching to see what other entertainers, the comments that they make. Um, you know, because we're all we can all learn from each other, and somebody may have another great suggestion about how we can tweak something to make it yep. even safer 
for everybody. So it's, it's continues to be a learning process for all of us as entertainers, as well as the fairs. Yeah, it sure does. And, and I tell you it, a few weeks ago, it was just so nice. Um, a real pleasure to see that the RV super show was going on down in Florida and to see a handful of our friends, um, you know, out there performing, doing their thing. Some of the stilt walker guys I know, and, um, yeah. Jack and Oscar, Oscar, the robots out there. It just was nice to finally be like, Oh my God, I'm seeing performers, you know, when they're doing <laughs> what we do, like, finally, yeah. we're starting to get a little bit of movement. Um, so I feel pretty yeah. good about Florida. I, I had Danny Alfonso on the show. Who's the head honcho down there at Manatee County. And he told uh-huh. me, um, from the, he monitored spread rate from like the week before the fair, you know, the fair itself. And then for weeks after we recorded with him 13 days post fair. And he yeah. told me that from the day the fair opened until at that point, and I, and I would, I think it continued for a few more days after that. Um, but at least up to that point, when we recorded that spread rate in Manatee County had dropped every single day from day one of the fair to two weeks after the fair. Yeah. Not saying that's no correlation or causation argument here. I'm just saying for everybody out there, it's like they're all super spreader events. You're going to kill grandma and grandpa. Everybody's going to die. It's just not the case. This industry knows how to do events safely in the midst of of illness outbreaks. We've done it over Mm -hmm. and over again. All we're doing is scaling what we've always done. Right. That's right. Well, we're going to get back to it. You know, Florida's good. It seems like Texas is going to get going. I understand um, why Chris Bowman had to pull the plug and the board had to pull the plug on Houston um, yeah, with an event of so. that size. You do get to the point where you, you consider the overhead for the event and the cost just to put the event on. And then in a major city like that, you say, is it, is it really worth it? Um, I'm sure they were looking at modeling numbers and what if they were at, you know, 70% attendance, what if they were at 60, what if they were at 50, what if they were at 40, what, um, you know, what is that going to look like if, if it goes down like that? And so, um, I got my dogs barking in the back. The UPS guy just showed up. They're going to make me lose my train of thought. Um, but so they, I mean, they were up against a lot, but I think a lot of these smaller County fairs in, in Texas, they're going to be open. They're ready to go. I know North Texas did it safely. West Texas did it safely. Um, at the end of last year, we're going to see more open. I don't know about California though. California is yeah. a little, uh, you know, we, we have a little book so far, but yeah. And know. I'm, I'm hoping I'm God, I hope OC goes this year. That's a, you know, 23 day event. Yeah. That's my entire, that's yeah. most of my summer right there. And that's when I had Michelle center is the only problem. Yep. And that's it. And, you know, we had Michelle Richards, who's the CEO of the OC fair back in right before, um, Christmas Eve, December 23rd, she was on the show on uh, episode 230. And she said that they're, they're hard out. Their go, no go is probably going to be like mid to late April. They absolutely have to have a decision by May 1st. Cause after that, then, you know, contracts start coming due and, and dollars have to start changing hands and they need to know whether they're spending the money to get an, something, you know, it's an investment or whether they're going to fold and step away. So right. I don't know, I man. Know I know there's some that I've talked to some fairs. They've, they've lost some of their stages that they were going to have this next year. And so there's definitely going to be some tweaking. I'm sure yep. from their side of it is as well as ours, just to get by this year, we just well, need we'll 21 to make it start making progress 
and get through it. But we yep. all still have a lot of work to do and get this thing up and get everybody yep. going again. Well, when we chatted with Jeremy Parsons from uh, Clay County there in Spencer, Iowa, he he described it as um, they lost 20. The 2021 is kind of the life raft that will get them to 2022, that they need to have right. something. They need to have That's some right. and not lose money on it. They don't need to go make That's millions, right. although that would be awesome. Right. They need to they need to be able to get an get their event off the ground and break break even on it. More importantly, as we've talked to so many fair managers on the show, it's about getting the non-fair events going. Can they have a, a horse show? Can they have an RV and boat show, a home and garden show, a gun show? All those things that that generates rent revenue for the fairgrounds for their space. Right. And yep. so they really need to get that going. There's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't seem like why in Florida, things are good. Uh, Colorado has certain restrictions. New Mexico has got restrict Oklahoma, California. Everybody's got, you know, it's almost funny to me, Bill, for all the talk we hear, we've listened for a full freaking year now of follow the science follow the science follow the science i'm telling you we've got 50 state and i states and i think we've got 50 different sciences out there because it yeah. seems like everybody's got just a little bit of a different tweak and i know some say well you know different communities are impacted differently but then my argument becomes um what <laughs> You're a big city. You're Houston or you're Los Angeles or you're Denver or you're Albert. You're a big city. People are affected by this uh, regardless of where you're at. So why isn't this, this the science a little bit more consistent? I just don't know. I'm not a right. scientist. That's probably why I don't know. <laughs> I think Sarah would probably agree with that too. So. Yeah, well, Sarah would agree that I don't know a lot of things. You know, it, it is what it is. Hey, yeah, I'm curious. You've been doing this for a while. If you weren't doing something like Kids Celebration, what else do you think you'd be doing? Well, I would probably still be teaching uh, college courses for sure. I would probably, I actually have real estate books sitting here on my kitchen table. And I have, I'm in the process of also wanting to study that and see if I can't get my realtor's license. Mm. Because what I found for, I don't, for, at least for me as an entertainer, it's hard for me to hold down an eight to five job throughout the whole year versus having flexibility. So when the bookings do come, then I can work around it. So yeah. for me, it's going to be teaching and my realtor's license are the two uh, directions that I want to go. Eventually I want to just, I'll just do real estate around yeah. here, around the lake where I live and I'll just do that and I won't teach anymore. But but for now, because of COVID, it's certainly made me make sure I have something else going on besides just this. Yeah. Well, and I this. think for a while, the teaching thing is probably a pretty good avenue. A lot of these universities that can't go, cannot go back to in-person learning yet, you know, they've got to right. have the ability um, to be able to put people into online classes. So, right. I mean, that's really good. And I understand the flexibility. When I first started my business um, 10 years ago. I was a substitute teacher and, yeah. and for elementary schools here in Albuquerque and Rio Rancho. And that was fantastic. Cause it, did it pay me a lot? No, but it, it made enough that we were able to put a dent in some of our bills, you know, make sure the cell phone got paid and the cable bill and all those kind of the utilities were covered. And, but then when I knew I was going to be at a fair for, you know, and I was going to be gone for 12 days, I just didn't take any sub work. Right. That's you know? right. Yeah. I've, I've, sub, I've been a sub at Diesel Mechanic. 
classes and all, and I don't know anything about diesel, diesel, but I went to wherever they wanted me to go just to create that income on those times that I'm not traveling. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? But yeah. I mean, obviously we keep coming back to this industry. What is it that kind of, that makes you so passionate about it? What inspires you about what we do? Well, I've always been passionate about the family, but because of COVID and everybody, all of a sudden they all have been made to get back together. Uh, it just, it just continues to validate the importance of the family for what I do, for what you do with playing with giants, same thing, you know, our joy, my joy, and I believe it is true for you too. It, it comes in seeing those kids have fun with their parents or seeing the parents have fun with the kids. Yeah. And I like the interaction if it's on stage, but I also on the, the times that I've been where play with giants has been, and, and I'm thinking of Williamson County fair there in Franklin, Tennessee. I love seeing those kids and parents do things together or grandparents. So yeah. for me, it's just about what we can do as entertainers to maybe make a difference in a few families lives, maybe that are there and help them remember that the laughter of the plane taking time to be with their kiddos really is the most important thing for them to do. And so I always hope that when I walk away from a fair, that I've made a difference, that I've yeah. helped strengthen families just through providing fun for what you do, providing lots of hands-on uh, educational things that they can do together. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, what we do is right. We're, we both do the same thing. We just do it just a little bit different, yep. but it's all about right. Getting them together and making them communicate and putting them in an environment where they're safe and they can relax and, and just have a good time. For sure. You know, I look at what I do with conjure and, and I've, I've said it before when I've had guests on the thing, my payoff with conjure is somebody, you know, you've seen the act. Some they come up just like yeah. an old Zoltar machine. They press the button. Conjure says something goofy to them that just kind of gets, it makes them laugh. And uh, then they, they get a fortune card. Well, the fortune card about four years ago, we switched the fortune cards from also having a, a funny something on them to having some deeply meaningful message. Yeah. Um, you know, one of them is like, you know, something to the effect of the chances of you even being born are 400 trillion to one. Think about that and realize how unique and special you are. And I, you know, so it's something that gets, it pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah. And my right. payoff there is when someone they've laughed, I've handed them the card. And then out of the corner of my eye as the next person's coming up to the, to conjure. I see that person who just left stop dead in their tracks and they look up at, you know, their husband or their, whoever their friends, whoever they're with. And they're like, Oh my God, I needed that. Like, and you know, in that moment, they read something that hit inside and I, right. I was yeah. 18 seconds or 42 seconds of their entire experience of the fair, but it's yeah. a building block. Isn't that what we are? I mean, yeah. you're, folks come out to you they see you guys they have fun they goof up. whether they're in the show or just watching and enjoying time with their family they're with you for 30 minutes they have a great time we are all building blocks and putting together an experience for these guests yep. and that's the, and that's, that's, that's what makes it fun you know and it's i love that i love when when i'm doing play with giants and um i hear somebody walk as they walk out and i hear them go man, I didn't realize that a cow could get that big or man, I didn't know that's how <laughs> potatoes grew. Did you know potatoes yeah. grew in the dirt? I, that's it's, and none of that, they're not going to go become farmers from this, mind you. Right. But if all of a right. sudden there's a connection that that potato that they're eating, that sweet potato 
came out of the uh, dirt at a farm someplace in the process to get it to their table, if there's a little bit of a window that's open there, then yeah. I feel like I did my job. Listen, Bill, well, we're getting... I'll tell you, a great environment in the fair too. You know, that's what the fair is all about, right? Yep. Bring the family, have a great time, create memories. Absolutely. We are, we're getting just about out of time here. Uh, we need to wrap up. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show, if you've listened to any of these episodes, you know, we go through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you six quick questions. You give me your best answer for each. You ready? Gotcha. Ready. If I open your music app on your phone right now, what song am I going to see playing? You can lie. <laughs> what song? Or what um, artist? County Fair. County Fair. Of course. Next question. Would you rather drive a car or a truck? Truck, man, all the way. Amen. I will be 84 years old, and I will get a lift if I need to, but I will be driving uh, at least an <laughs> F-150 the rest of my life. Um, best concert you ever attended? Lauren Daigle. Last book you read? Oh, Robert, that's a tough one. Come on now. You again, you can lie. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say my Bible. Okay, fair enough. Uh if a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Well, everybody says I look like Bruce Willis. I mean, I come on so, now. I gotta right? go with Bruce. I gotta go with Bruce the man. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm saying. You can, yes, Bruce Willis would play you. I'm down with that. Last question. <laughs> this one's the hardest one of them all. What's your favorite fair food? Favorite fair food. My favorite was at the Kentucky State Fair, and it was funnel cake. But not just funnel cake, but it had the most amazing cherry topping on it. So Good far, stuff. that's the best that I have ever had, and it was a funnel cake. Good stuff, I'm telling you. Bill Buchanan, my friend, if folks want to reach out and get in touch with you and chat with you about Kids Celebration, how can they get in contact with you? Well, our website is kidscelebration.org, just K-I-D-S-C-E-L-E-B-R-A-T-I-O-N.org. They can call me on my cell phone. It's 405-818-8326. It's 405-818-8326. I love yeah. to talk to them if they have any questions. And I'm always here to brainstorm if they want now, to talk about future events. You know, just now that, like all now that us, you put your phone number out there, I'm going to prank call you. I'm totally going to well, prank call you. And I'm <laughs> going to know it's you too. And I won't answer. <laughs> That's okay. That's what most people do when I call is not answer anyway. Bill, put a mode on my phone instead of, instead of uh, scam, it says prank on it. So I'll know if it's you. right. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. Bill Buchanan, the uh, creator of Kids Celebration, tours all over the United States, entertaining families, playing games, having a great time. Bill, I'm so glad you could be on the show and we could visit. I miss you, buddy. I hope I get to yep. see you soon. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, brother. You take care. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.